Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy. Hope you guys are doing all right. Uh, before we begin the episode, just a reminder to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and also check out our podcast on YouTube where we have some special episodes, including this upcoming interview with John Mitchell uh, on the Lonely Robot album, his fifth since starting the project in 2015. It's called A Model Life, and it comes out on August 25th. There's actually a review of the album up on our website at progreport.com right now that you can check out, written by Prog Nick, who joined me on this interview with John. So we talk about the new album, how he wrote it, and a bunch of other stuff. Enjoy. How you doing, sir? How you been, man? Everything I'm all right? good. I'm all right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. All good. good. All good in the hood. I think. Yeah, very good cool. to see you. Well, Great I don't know if you remember Nick here. He was on with us. Yes, I remember from our frosting. Yeah, that's indeed, right. indeed. I am yeah. back, so, <laughs> like a, like like a bad rash, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, Roy and I were on cruise to the edge, and you guys were missed. A lot of people, a lot of people were kind of talking talking about your your previous performances on the cruise, and uh, Frost were definitely missed. Yeah, you can't do these things too many times. You just like become like, you know, it's like uh, Elvis in Vegas or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to overstay your welcome, as it were. You Would know? you think Lonely Robot could be something that you take on there at some point? Well, yeah, I mean, some of just have to ask me. I, I don't see why not. I, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed myself. It's, uh, it's you know, it's, it, what is this? it's like, I love boats, even if I don't like progressive rock. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Even if, that's even it. if you don't yeah, like so. progressive rock fans, that's the difference. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, I, I um, uh, yeah, I, I've got no, I've got, yeah, I'd happily do it again. I mean, I think you know, um, obviously Frost is kind of largely Gems band, and I think you know he's he's of the opinion that twice was enough, and he's probably right. You know, as mm. I say, it's, uh, yeah, it's. Um, it becomes ground prog day, doesn't it? Otherwise, you keep doing the same thing again and again. Ground, ground prog. prog day. Ground that prog day. Great. Beautiful. That's, great that, that's got to be the next album title. We have to use that for a podcast or something. That's fantastic. Well, ground yeah, prog I mean, day. we keep making the same album again and again. I think we ground prog day. <laughs> I hope right. I don't do that, though. That's, that's the difference. That's right. Well, let's let's talk about the new record, uh, A Model Life, a new, new Lonely Rubber record, the fifth one. If we could, I mean, I did an interview yesterday with with some guy, and he was just talking about Arena for the entire duration. I was going, <laughs> really? <laughs> did I miss a meeting? <laughs> well, a good band too, uh, you know. Um, well, well, I'm I'm going to throw in an advice question here if we get a chance. Yeah, later uh, the new the new album comes out uh, October. Sorry, October, August twenty. You should know this, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the new album comes out August twenty sixth. <laughs> and uh, a couple you made a poster for me remember that's right you made a poster for me that's the date on the front (laughs) i've made a lot of posters uh and uh your fifth album man in in a like a really short time i mean you've been really on a roll with this with this well not really if you think about the 70s and 80s um, oh, that's different. Bands, yeah. well, everybody except peter gamer was releasing an album every year pretty much you know well nowadays though bands are taking four or five years between records it's different are they well, that means exponentially. Peter should take probably fifty years between. <laughs> it almost has. It almost I has. I think he's got another one soon, hasn't he? By they keep saying it's coming out next year, but they've been saying that for ten years. 
so you're having we'll Chinese democracy run for it. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I, I, great record, man. Love, love. We always like your stuff. I mean, you have your own, your own unique sound, and and uh, we love the music you make, and and it continues with this record. It, the first three records, it's been documented, and we've talked about it. Is was more based on this sci-fi trilogy that you that you had set out to make, and that was yeah. Wanted to make some. Those three are really pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Um, um, no, but they, the last, they, the last album, feelings are good. In this one, seem a bit more personal, a bit more uh, uh, direct. I think. I mean, is that intentional? I guess. <clears> yeah. Um, it was a funny thing, actually. Somebody said that feelings are good sounds like a sounds like a breakup record, and I hadn't even broken up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was no, I was, uh, you know, I, I kind of, it's, it's weird. I, it's almost like that last feelings that it almost like it didn't happen. It was like, you know, again, that was slap bang in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I, uh, in all honesty, um, I was talking to uh, Steve Wilson about this and he said that, you know, it was, it's very easy to, I mean, people, I just don't think, I think people were perhaps being more cautious spending money because, it, it, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It didn't sell as well as the, the previous three. Um, and Thomas was going, you need to make an album like the first one. I'm going, well, hang on a minute. Is it my fault? <laughs> Isn't it? Maybe it's the pandemic's fault. You know, I don't know. I, I it's, um, I, if whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make an album like, you know, I'm not going to repeat myself or we'll try not to. I mean, obviously well, there's similarities. For what it's worth, armor for my heart. Uh, just, an epic prog song if, if if you know what i mean not epic prog but pop and releasable and i think that was a great moment yeah i mean i, I think i think it, it's it's difficult because I, I think to be you know to be subjective about it really i suppose my music isn't particularly progressive you know in, in a i suppose in, in, in you know in some ways there are elements about it you know like it's an odd, on, odd time signatures and things and I don't know. Uh, it depends what you call progressive, I suppose. And we've had this endless debate. People always have this endless debate. And, uh, you know, um, there's an awful lot of bands out there doing that regressive thing, you know, with, with, with trying to emulate, recreate the sounds of a, of, a, of a sort of prototype 70s progressive rock band, you know. And I suppose, you know, my music probably leans more towards the 80s than anything, more than the 70s. And yeah. I don't, nothing particularly, particularly technically difficult to play i suppose in, in the music that i make but you know it, that doesn't that doesn't hold any interest with me you know i, I don't I, I don't i've never liked technicality for technicality's sake you know um i'll probably get burned at the stake for saying this but you know the yes that i like it is the 1980s version of yes more than, i mean i love i love i love close to the edge and i really love fragile um but beyond that i just it, it kind of left me a bit cold you know I know people always go on about Relayer being brilliant, but I'm just like, well, no. For some reason, I couldn't couldn't get my head around that, you know. And I, I always like, <clears throat> you know, melody over virtuosity, and so that's you know, um, like at the end of Hearts on Nine Hundred One Two Five. Yeah, absolutely beautiful guitar solo mm -hmm. that Trevor Rabin plays, you know. And he was kind of my hero growing up, along with Ty Tabor from Kings X, and uh, I suppose Jeff Beck and Dave Gilmore, you know. Um, that's not to diminish, you know, what Steve Howe achieved in the early 70s and, you know, pushing the boundaries. No, of... for sure. I get what you're saying. I mean, I think 
I'm a big fan. I grew up with that was my era growing up, you know, 80s. So I, I definitely can appreciate both. And I love 90125. I don't see it. Uh, for me, it's not any less than close to the edge. You know, it's 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 yeah. just different. I mean, Trevor Rabin is a I'm a huge fan of his music yeah. and his solo albums. And, and yeah, I mean, Carl I stuff, a great so. record. Really good. album. I, mean, I, had, I was very fortunate. I, I, I went to see them when they did ARW and I went to see them in uh, <laughs> Birmingham Symphony Hall. Um, my friend Lee Pomeroy was playing bass mm. for them. Yeah, yeah. And I got to hang with Trev at the at the after show well in in the hotel bar after the gig because there was like this uh um there's like this walkway that went literally from birmingham symphony hall there's like a, 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 a an elevated walkway that just takes you to, to a to a hotel exactly adjacent so yeah i just spent an evening hanging with trev and he was such a nice guy but you know um it's uh yeah that was a i i you know I tell you what, meeting him for me, it's funny because I've met a lot of a lot of the great musicians and stuff doing all of this kind of thing. And it's been amazing, you know, but definitely for me, meeting Trevor Rabin at one of those shows was one of the highlight, highlights of meeting, you know, uh, an artist, someone I never can, thought I'd talk can you to imagine, life, Can you imagine you know? that I met him, that I met him when he was in his early 20s and he was in a pop band in South Africa called Rabbit? Yeah, yeah I, heard, and, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does kind of look like Donny Osmond, doesn't he? <laughs> now. You want to get your head around. Yeah. South Donny Osmond. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so John, whether it's prog or pop, the, the more melodic side or, or, the, or the extensive weird time signature stuff that you do, um, you're, you're known for writing very quickly and... Um, getting the job done from, from writing all the way through to sometimes mastering extremely quickly. Uh, can you tell us more about the process? How quick was it for this album? Um, what, was, it, was it more, more measured or, 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 or a slower approach or was it also fast? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, there is an argument that if I spent five years making a record, it might be, you know, I, I don't I don't honestly think because that's not the way my brain operates really. Um, I think you know I love I love the energy that you get in the first few hours of putting a piece of music together. I never sing anything more than three times because I find you kind of there's a sort of innocence about it when you first sing a lyric and you you know you you don't really know how to sing it so you sing it quite naturally and the more, more you think about it, it's I just like doing things quickly just because not I suppose I'm 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 not an I'm not impatient when it comes to music or more patience you know I've spent 29 years sat in a studio listening to play bad people play badly out of time and let's do that again shall we should we do that again <laughs> do that again fine you go off I'll play it <laughs> don't tell them uh, and and you know I um uh, uh oh no not this again my cat has a habit of hijacking every zoom call i come on bring her on <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway we're okay for now he doesn't realize we're on tv you see oh, <laughs> he yeah. does he's not capable of abstract thought because he's a cat <laughs> it probably right. means he doesn't know what tv is and if he prog did cat prog cat yeah uh, bertie grand, the prog cat. grand prog cat there you go <laughs> um I, I going back to the question i i honestly i don't i don't really know um i, I don't know that i would Bring, it would bring anything more to the table if I were to spend more time doing it. I know that, again, 
when we were chatting, I was chatting with this about Stephen. He said, you know, um, I said, well, how do you do it? And he goes, well, I kind of write a bit of music and I start working on it. Then I go away from it and I forget about it for two weeks and I come back to it. And I'm going, well, how are you going to find it? Do you not find that you've completely lost any kind of context as to what you were doing? If you come back to it, you know, or when I start working on something, all the ideas like literally come at me like a, it's like being in Fireball XL5 going into a meteorite storm. Right. Except they're not meteorites, they're musical ideas. And it's not Firewall XL5, it's me with the... <laughs> what, a, what a rubbish analogy. Other than that, it's the same. It's nothing like that, what I said at all. No, it's nothing. Anyway, so yeah, and, and I kind of, I, I over a period of four weeks, I think I just got up really early in the morning, worked till late at night and didn't do anything else. And um, and that's it, from, from not having a note of music um, to handing it over. That was, yeah, pretty much four weeks, I think. Is it true that the title always came first and then the lyrics and then the music? Well, that's the only way to write music, really. Um, funny, <laughs> ironically, um, I, I don't understand. I, I used to, I'll tell you a funny story, right? There's this, there's a band that are quite popular. Uh, it's just going to be, I mean, I, I, I know I should probably. Um, you you want me to cut this part out? Well, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's just that there's, 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 there might be some profane words. Well, profane yeah. is fine, just if you want We're used to that. Um, uh, well, yeah, so there's this, there was this band from the United Kingdom called uh, You Me at Six, right? And they're, they're quite popular. They're still, you know, they, they were they were down with the kids. They were like a sort of, they were like, sort of, I suppose, a, a pop, not pop punk, but they were kind of, yeah, they were like, you know, like Bling 182 or something like that, you know. And they were, they were very popular. They still are popular. Um, and I, I produced an album for them. And, and you know they turn up at the studio and and um well i produced several albums for them well me, me a, a, a friend of mine and i did that and worked on these albums together um and the singer would never have written any lyrics when when they came in the studio and so none of the songs would have any titles they all had stupid titles i mean really stupid titles like you know scruffy cat and ball bags and all sorts <laughs> of stupid things like that and of course I've become accustomed to these stupid titles and I know what stupid title relates to what song. And then, then he'd go away and <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd hold the gun to the singer's head and said, you need to write some lyrics now. You know, although uh, Daniel Lenoir famously uh, locked Peter Gabriel in a shed to force him to write some lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I've read that. <laughs> so yeah. that approach is not unusual in the, in the, in the world of producing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they, they'd go anyway. And, and then finally, He'd, he'd write the lyrics and he'd sing the lyrics. And then and then some point further down the line, they decided what the song was actually going to be called. And then I'd get all these, uh, you know, I'd, I'd do a mix or whatever and I'd send it over to them. And then I'd get a, a, an email from management saying, yeah, the guys are really happy with what you did on some, you know, like new song title I'd have never heard of. They obviously, well, what song is, you know, like, you know, Stay With Me or whatever. What song is that? Oh, uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, you know, scruffy whatever it was, scruffy cat, scruffy, <laughs> scruffy cat ball bags or whatever the song was. I'm going, well, okay, but you know, I'm not a psychic. I, I'm not a psychic, am I? So I can't possibly know that Stay With Me is what was formerly known as scruffy cat ball bags. So, um, yeah, and it's just a pain in the ass, isn't it, really? Because then oh, I had to, man. I'd have to sort of, you know, it's just, why don't you just write, write the song write the lyrics before you go into the studio and decide what the song's going to be called and in fact if you if you i always write like i say i always write to a title just because 
that's what I do. You know, that's, um, I think I, I might have told you guys a story before, but it was, uh, I remember, um, it's actually, I kind of discovered this after we did that first Kino album. I kind of, and I just thought, you know, I remember looking at it going, those are some lame titles for songs. And I'm going, I'm never again. Because actually, once you, if you have an interesting title to write to, it really loses day parade. That's oh, yeah, that one was good. That one was good. I think I nicked that lyric from a Goo Goo Dolls, Dolls song. Uh, that title was a Goo Goo Dolls lyric, I think. I'm pretty sure. So I thought, well, that make a good song title. You know, they missed a trick there, the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> too late now. Yeah, anyway, too late now, Goo Goo Dolls. That's mine. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I find if you write to a title, then the, the song kind of all the lyrics, it's, it's like <clears throat> like having a little cloud, and all the, you know, and um, so. But but taking that approach, you know, now you've you've released an album. Let's say this was at the time of Feelings Are Good had come out. At what point are you starting to write down random song titles? Do you keep a book of them? To, yeah, to refer to later on. Like well, it's, it's not so much a book. It's got I've got a little uh, a note on my phone. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and I go, oh, that, that one will wait till next time, you know, and I, and I go forever. Start, yeah, so you start storing these things. This is the same thing, is the same thing for musical ideas? Do you save little bits? I mean, do you write a no. chorus and just save no. it for a year? No, nothing. Don't write anything. Don't, don't even pick up a guitar. Uh, really? Uh, until required to. I don't, well, sometimes I might think, oh, yeah, that sounds quite cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, it's, um, you know, the funny thing is you kind of, I've, I always find myself getting inspired by funny little things like little motifs on, on, on like Netflix sort of, uh, you know, binge TV shows like whatever Vikings or whatever, things like that. You know, you might hear a, something or just a, like, a couple of notes. You might think, you know, that sounds, not, not, I'm not copying, you know, but the, the vibe of something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an atmosphere. I always find that that's kind of, yeah. Um, but like going back to what I was saying when we did the first It Bites, I said the first it bites. Yeah, I'm gonna say the first it bites album because I don't view it bites with me in it as anything to do with the, the it bites with Dunnery in it. So I'm gonna say the first it bites Mark II album, uh, Tall Ships. Tall Ships. Yeah, so I was going and and I, I somebody was around my house, and they kind of looked at the bookshelf and uh, a, a, a sort of one column of books, and uh, <laughs> they said, I can't help but notice that. There's like five books in a row. Um, and the book titles were uh, The Tall Ships, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, This Is England, Great Disasters. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, if I'd have kept going, right, we'd have had a, we'd have a song called Fast and Easy Meals in 15 Minutes or something, you know. <laughs> Houseplant Expert, you know, because uh... I literally said, oh, that would be a good song title, you know. So that's what I did for that, you know, cheating. That's funny. Like but yeah. I don't think that's a, I don't know that that is a, a, a sort of a universal approach from a lot of people. I haven't heard that as being something that's done, uh, you know, by most artists, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, everyone's got, you know, there's various, various different ways. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by how other people put music together as much as the next person. I mean, you know, like I said. I that said, is always the fascinating I, I, part, especially it, for us asking these questions. It's not, and, I th and what I always find interesting is when, and maybe you get sort of get this, but some musicians they just they don't see that part as is as interesting. You well, know, I mean, they, they, they later on go, I don't know how I, it just happened. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I mean that's always the question. What came? What comes first, the lyrics or the? You know, that's the most typical question you're going to get asked. But I mean, it's more to do with, again, because um, I had this long conversation with Steve about it, and he said, um, and he said to me, now, how how long did it take you to put this album together? And I said, well, four weeks from start to finish. He goes, what, like, was that one song? I said, no, the whole thing. <laughs> he just said, fuck off. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't them, think, uh, 13, I don't, I don't think he's years. pointing the finger at me, Steve Wilson, because frankly, uh, you, you, you're, he's, he, he, the guy never stops, does he? He's always got an album on the go. So I'm extremely lazy compared to him. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by his work ethic more than anything, you know. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, you, you have to be, thick skinned. I mean, I, I'm absolutely, I'm the worst kind of person to be a musician. Absolutely the worst, you know, I, I'm yeah. utterly lacking in self-confidence and I'm very thin skinned. So, you know, um, uh, I think I said to him, so how do you, you know, how do you put up with all the naysayers? He says, well, I just don't, I just deleted Facebook. It's as simple as that. Right. <laughs> you know, there right, is a right. world without Facebook. You know, and you didn't have to used to know what people had to say about your music. And actually, that was probably a better thing, because more often than not these days, it's more important to have an opinion than have an opinion that's worth an opinion. You know, or like it's, it's more important just to have an opinion and to express it, you know. Um, and I find that some people I just find it such a bizarre thing that some people just want to sit there and, 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 and write negative comments. Just for, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't particularly like Rush, not because. I'll tell you why I don't like Rush. And I figured it out the other day, finally. It's nothing to do with Rush. They, they should not take, not that it matters. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's, I actually, I, I've watched behind the lighted stage about six times now because I'm fascinated by Rush. But at the same time, I realized it was when I was at school in my first band, um, you know, you're supposed to kind of discover your own music. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of, I was in this band with these two brothers and, and they kind of forced me to listen to Rush and they always wanted to cover Rush songs. And I kind of felt like, I was, I was like, I feel like I was being held hostage to like Rush. And I feel that my whole thing about Rush is like Stockholm syndrome or something, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, but you know, nothing against Rush really. But you know, I would never dream of going on Rush.com and going, you know, you guys suck, you know, or, you know, I can't, why would you do that? There's just no point. Yeah. We haven't got better yeah. things to do with your time. But it's, I find it fascinating that there are people out there who just like watching Rome burn and saying unpleasant things. They know? love uh, love being negative online. It's uh, it's one of yeah. the, one of the worst things. Well, I love that. Was that Jay and Silent Bob film uh, where where they they get the addresses of uh, they get the I the I, was the ISPs or whatever the, you know the internet and they find out where people live and they did, did are you you know are you Jared so and so. I put it to you. Did you say on this particular day such and such? <laughs> <laughs> right, All right. So, 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 so this thing was delivered in record time. And what's more remarkable is that you played absolutely everything and sang absolutely everything, except for drums, which, of course, was done by your go-to guy, uh, the great, now great, Craig yeah. Blundell. So yeah. do you want to tell us about that? Well, I can tell you, actually, uh, and, and it's funny enough, um, it, it's not an awkward conversation, but it was in a way that yes, Craig is technically on the album, but uh, not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Um, it's he was. I mean, he's he, he's been on. I don't know if you know this about Steve Hackett, but Steve Hackett uh, doesn't seem to go on holiday. He just stays on tour the entire time. You're right. So like constant touring. Yeah. Constant touring. It's like you know that film Contact with uh, the guy in the plane that lives in the plane that just never touches down, just goes round and round the world. <laughs> 
that's, that's, that's basically what Steve Hackett's doing. Is he just stays on tour, yeah. and you know, all, all power to him. Well, you know, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I I can't, I can't imagine anything worse than being on tour for the you know, for the amount of time he seems to be on tour. But you know, if it if it, if it makes him happy, I guess he's got to uh, love it. He got it. Yeah. Although um, I don't think I'm. I was going to say, he's going to run out of albums to play soon, isn't he? He's going to like, Steve Hackett plays the entirety of Invisible Touch. Hang on a minute, again. Again. Well, when we when we get again. to that point, we know it's over. <laughs> I like it. So, so, so does that mean that Craig was that Craig was un, unavailable? Or, or well, he was kind of, on, he was unavailable. Uh, well, he was on tour. So, maybe, you know, what normally happens is he turns up here and, you know, because the, the thing about Lonely Robot is all the, the, the drums on Lonely Robot albums, V drums. Um, so it's all, you know, um, I kind of, it's all like, um, he plays it in on, on electric, like a TD70, I think he's got. Uh, and he's very into all that tech, you know, he's a Roland, he's, he's a kind of Roland demonstrator. So he knows all about, you know, how to, how to make that stuff work. And he's really, really good at it. And normally he turns up here and he, he doesn't often, I don't often give him much of a chance to listen to the music beforehand. So he'll just listen a couple of times and make some notes and then he'll just cut loose and do his thing. And sometimes, I remember on the first album, he was like sat there in my front room and set up the kit. And um, we kind of, I was just holding up bits of A4 saying, you know, seven, eight here, six, four here. And, you know, chorus, chorus, don't bore us, get to the chorus. So, you know, I was literally just giving giving me a road to rehearse, get to the verse. Yes, exactly. So yeah, and 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 of course, you know, um, he was on tour with Steve Hackett, and I'm I just want to make sure that everyone, I'm just joking about Steve Hackett. I, oh, I, sure, no, of course. I'm, I'm not. Being, I'm just an extremely sarcastic person, as everybody knows, and not everybody understands my sense of humour, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't want to. The last thing you needed was me hassling him. Can you get these? You know. So I just thought, well, you know, and the deadline's looming. And of course, we all know that you know uh, deadlines are immovable, especially now because apparently vinyl is the most important thing in the world. Once you miss your vinyl slot, that's it; it's over. So I thought, well, okay, what am I going to do? So what I kind of did was, I kind of revisited. You know, I, I mean, there's there's stuff that he's recorded that that, that doesn't even appear on Lonely Row albums. Like I just got him to play certain grooves and patterns and things, and various bits and pieces and I went through my sort of previous albums and and sort of you know took little bars here and bars there and kind of you know and augmented them and moved things around a bit and jigged oh, them wow. about so I kind of um yeah I kind of uh, I, I kind of recycled some of what went before it's amazing I mean, though that way it's like you it's it's well it is bonkers I mean it's it's not ideal and it's by far absolutely in a million years I wouldn't want to do it again because you know it's it's like you know, I enjoyed the process of working with him on these things and he's a good friend to me and I, I just enjoy hanging out with him. So, and yeah, I, I had, a, I, you know, I had a conversation with him, a text conversation with him the other day and, and, and I said, yeah, this is, look, I said, you know, unfortunately, you know, due to all the circumstances and, you, you know, you're on tour and, and I had a deadline and, and yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's not ideal, um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the ideal way to work, but it's certainly, you know, we got it, we got it done. So yeah, uh, cool. let's let, let's talk about guitars, John. I mean, from from no guitar solos whatsoever on Day and Age to now very copious guitar solos on a Model Life. 
Far too many. Uh, I, I, I mean, no, uh, no, not, uh, never too many. You never have too many. Everybody knows from reading my reviews of your stuff that how much I love your guitar solo. So uh, tell us about your return to the solo. Which is your favorite guitar solo on the album? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, about, we're talking about guitars first and foremost. I mean, a lot of the, I'm I'm endorsed by Court Guitars, who, who um, whenever I play live with whoever, I always use Court Guitars. But on this, I kind of wanted a, a, a bit of a different sound in places. So there's a lot of Telecaster on this album. I played a lot of, I've got a knackered old Squire Telecaster from the 80s. So most of the guitar on this album was, was a Telecaster, so it's quite jingly jangly, you know. Um, but as for the guitar solos, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just kind of, I know, I was, um, I kind of, funny enough, you know, we're talking about day and age, what we did actually do, I remember when we were recording it, and when, when we initially we did all the, the tracks in Devon and, and, and the other place that we went to, and then Gemma would be working on the songs on his own, and he'd go, uh, can you put a guitar solo in this section here, you know, I said, yeah, sure. So I play a guitar solo. I'd spend meticulously construct this guitar solo, but I was really happy with it. And then, you know, then <laughs> the album was finished. I'm going, oh, where once was my guitar solo is now another vocal part. I remember thinking, so there is a version of this roster that actually is riddled with a few guitar solos. But, you know, we, we stuck to the brief, which was no guitar solos, no Widley synth solos, you know, because we wanted to make it more about the song, you know, and it's very easy that's kind of what frost is known for is like you know um blazing technicality and, and a lot of you know clever instrumentation and that's not really what that album was about and i just kind of looked at over at my guitars and my rack and they all looked at me and they said john play us and i said oh all right then <laughs> uh and i you know and i just think you know the mood of the album there's a lot of cp80 on the album uh, you know and i always i always write on a keyboard i don't write on guitar and i just thought you know I, I just thought it would really, you know, um, really, I don't know, it's just crying out for guitar solos in, in certain places, you know. I've been writing writing the review for the album, and so I've heard it. And I'm going to mention one song in particular, Species in Transition. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow, that solo, man, it just blew me away, i got to tell you. Oh, thank you very much. Well, as I say, with this album, they're not, you know, I think, um, in the, in previous Lonely Robot albums, when I have played guitar solos, it's always trying to find a way to be flashy in certain places. And this is more about I just I just wanted to play, you know, um, front pickup, big feel, you know, kind of uh, just going for it. And you know, I've always loved. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not comparing myself to him, but like people like um, Jeff Healy, I always really liked his guitar playing. You know where the vib the soaring vibrato you know and that's kind of that i suppose if anything if i had a trademark i suppose that's kind of it you know these big um like we're certainly within the remits of, of like say for example arena you know that's kind of these big epic solos and i just thought well you know i've given myself a, a, the album off the previous album off from guitar solos maybe they should make you know make a bit of a return and, and I'm, i just I, I always about it's always about the feel for me you know not yeah about cutting loose and playing fast not that I'm, um, I, I, I have a certain amount of chops but not that many yeah. one of my favorite songs from the first the even listen is uh the starlit uh, stardust yeah on the new record which is just awesome as a an amazing chorus but i i always think it's interesting in that song the time change between the chorus and then that main guitar riff right it's really it's almost like two different 
feels in that same song. I right? think it's actually all in four four. It's just no, it's all in three four. It's just no, a, it's in it's in six eight, isn't it? Is it six eight? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know. It, I'm counting. It, it, it feels that it, the the riff is like in one tempo, and then and then it sort of is like in a half feel the the second part, and then but it all when you're listening to it together, it fl flows seamlessly, and I think it's done really really brilliantly the way that works. I had to say, I think it's in three four. Star, I think you'd know. Three four six eight, same thing, right? Same thing. <laughs> well, the, that's what measures your counting. But the, the thing, the fact of the matter is, that when it goes into the back into the, the riff, I think that's also in three four. But the drums are playing in four over it. That's what that, makes that it would happen. be it. That's what gives that's it that six feel. That's yeah. the one. That's what gets me into prog mag. You see, just doing that little thing. <laughs> maybe yeah. Maybe that's why I like that song so much. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's I I I I'm very. I mean, I as I say, it's quite a personal album, and it's you know, it's um that song is is about you know, it's a it's kind of about two things really it's about you know sort of singing about um, you know my mum my both my parents died when I was quite young um and I, I miss my mum dearly not you know it's I had a very complicated relationship with my dad and you know I, I was it, in my imaginarium as it were I was always thinking what would it be like not I'm not I should I'm not a religious person at all um but if if there was such a thing uh, you know as, as an afterlife or whatever what it would like to be to reconnect with one's mum and of course I had when I was four, uh, which is kind of what the first verse is about. Yeah, when I was, was singing that, alluding to is the fact when I was four, um, I I um, I almost died. I fell in the Thames, which is a river in in, in England, um, and yeah, I went floating off downstream at about six o'clock in the morning in the middle of November. Was it October or November? It was anyway. It was extremely. I kind of our house sort of backed onto the river and I managed to escape the house really early in the morning and I fell into the river and off it went and off it took me away. And oh, more wow. by luck than judgment, there, were, there happened to be a, a guy in a, in a canoe. I mean, what madman goes canoeing at six in the morning in November or whatever? Nobody, nobody's sane. Um, but thank goodness he, well, I suppose we wouldn't be having this conversation otherwise, but uh, um, yeah, he, he hoiked me out. I was about half a mile downstream and he hoiked me out and uh, took me back home. So yeah, that's a wild story. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah, they're kind of songs about that, and and you know, the sort of the whole, you know, the the, the idea of uh, you know, if there is a, you know, I kind of <laughs> mean to be insulting to religious people, but I thought, well, I'm not really religious, so if God is going to be mentioned in this, he's going to have very small hands. <laughs> Which is uh, yeah, it's, anyway, it's just meeting my sense of humor again. Sorry, um, but um. Yeah. It's sort of just staying in 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 line with some of the songs. There's a couple of videos out for uh, for the album's first track, recalibrating, and then a really, let's say, strange video for uh, Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, frog <laughs> baiting, frog yeah. video, career ending. You career, said right, career ending, career. So, there it is. Uh, yeah, ender. just talk about you know putting those. The videos together and, and having fun with that one which uh, well we, we do we got another great. one to do on friday which i'm quite excited about um but, but yeah that first one we um i've always worked with miles who as you who does a lot of videos for various progressive rock bands but he's become very popular now and you know he's he's so popular that i, I can't get near him anymore you know he's he's become <laughs> showbiz and he does all this stuff for steven and, and various other people and he's a very busy guy and his prices have gone up he's you know the price hike he's like almost as expensive as petrol in this country right now um but i kind of i i i um like i i wanted him to do the recalibrating video but he wasn't available at the time 
so I did a shout out on Facebook and ultimately I don't think that went very well either. Um, so yeah, we ended up using a guy that did a visualizer for Frost. He, he's the same guy that did the Island Life visualizer video. And yeah, it's very, it is a bit odd to me looking at that because it, it looks like a knitwear commercial or something. <laughs> <laughs> All these beautiful people wandering around beaches looking like, you know, looking beautiful. <laughs> the fuck has this got to do with me <laughs> but we needed we needed a video of some sort you know so um you know uh, yeah it's a portuguese geese guy and he, he didn't have very much time to put it together and he's you know he he did the best with what he could in the time that he was given yeah but then of course misfit toys i thought right that's enough so i rang up miles and threatened with him i've got some <laughs> i mean incriminating evidence up my sleeve i said if you don't make this video you're going down. You're going to get cancelled. No, I didn't really. Uh, but he agreed to do it. I said, come on, Mars. You know, you, you know, you all that serious stuff you do. You want to have fun with me. Remember, we always have fun. So he said, yeah, all right then. Let's make a video. So yeah, we just had to, we spent the morning making a little island out of sand and, uh, you know, sticking dolls and stuff in it. And we just thought it was, you know, supposed to be a kid's TV show that sort of goes slightly disturbing towards the end. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, you know, that's not really what the song is about, you know, the song, I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'd like people to guess what the song is about, it's quite obvious what the song is about if you, if you actually read the lyrics, but yeah, I just thought it'd be funny to, uh, I've always fancied myself as a kids TV presenter, I'm obviously too old to be a kids TV presenter, but uh, I've, uh, yeah, a friend of mine, Alana, wanted to, she agreed to do it with me, so yeah, we're just mucking about, just being absolute children, you know, <laughs> mucking about with <laughs> in a sand pit you know well it's fun i mean i think a lot of times especially so, with uh let's say let's call this prog uh humor isn't often involved in in uh, the things like the videos and stuff like that so no. that's always good yeah, well, no, yeah it's good. peter gabriel's always had like a, a sense of humor about the things that he does you know i mean i well i you know i always thought he did you know he's uh but he must have a sense of humor nobody can ride around on a bike on stage without a sense of humor or walk upside down with his daughter you've got to have a sense of humor right so john john can we talk about the the production of the album very briefly um yeah. I, I mean there are some unique production songs to my ears anyway on this like those stabs in Mis in misfit toys uh can you tell us more about the production and then uh, finally we'll wrap up uh, with uh, a word about the gig that you've got coming up in reading yeah sure um well, uh, just wanted to, you know, um, what can I say about it? Um, you know, I, I kind of just like miss, for example, Misfit Toys, that's like a Farfisa through a, a Farfisa plug in through a, an envelope filter. I just thought I was just mucking around. I mean, it's like, I, I just thought, well, you know, and I, I was trying to find a sound for the second verse and I was going, yeah, a Farfisa, obviously, you know, <laughs> I'm like the beach boys, you know, cause it is an island. Right. So then I thought, well, that's not kooky enough. So I stuck it through an envelope filter. So it's got wow, 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 like this. And I thought, yeah, and there's all sorts of things. There's Glock and, you know, I, I really wanted for this for this record. I, I mean, I, I wanted to muck around with. Yeah, I, I've always liked things like, um, I really like Japan, Tin Drum album. And the thing that I always liked about it was it sounds like uh, some of the keyboards are going through a, a vibrato. They've got this wavering kind of going in and out of tune thing. And I like that. So on, there's certain things on like there's a there's a bell sound I created and put it through a vibrato so it goes undulates you know and it's got like a reverb tail that undulates with with the sound of the bell and it just sounds really eerie I think that's on duty of care I use that and on the song Rain Kings 
uh, and otherwhere, other places in the album, there's like a, I, I just I, I recorded my cello and distorted it and, and kind of looped it and made little loops. And that's the start of um, Digital God Machine. That's just that scratchy cello. And I just recorded that, making horrible noises on it. And uh, elsewhere on the last track, I, I, I bought this harmonium for 40 quid from this thrift store down the road. And I recorded that and chopped it up. So, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just enjoy mucking around with uh i just i just you know it's it's half of it for me the fun of it is, is finding those soundscapes and those little found noises that you don't really hear on a first listen or tiny little details yeah you know um yeah, also on misfit toys as a homage to, to trevor rabin um there's that whoever this is can they go away they're distra they're distracting me is it's that your computer i keep looking around mine thinking that something's <laughs> who the hell is this man beeping at me <laughs> I don't need to know you're taking it. I thought it was power. me the whole time, and I couldn't figure out what it was. No, it was me. I've told this. I'm recording this band today, and I told them I have to go and do an interview. And they're going, okay, why are you messaging me? Anyway, um, so, yeah, and, and, and there's it on the um, – uh, I think it's on, on the Can't Look Away. Is it, um, is it something to hold on to? Trevor, you're going to hear it. You just can you go – He'll be singing something, and then in the background, he'll yell something out of one Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally, you're talking about, yeah. And yeah. I thought, I know what. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Misfit Toys has like a bit of random laughter and shouting and stuff, you know, hey, you know, like Fonzie. <laughs> and so just, just silly things like that amuse me, you know. I, 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 it's, it's the window dressing that I find amusing. Well, I find the whole process amusing. And, you know, and I know that if I, if I listen back to something and I find myself laughing or chuckling, I know I've done it. Well, I think it's a good job, but yeah, no, like you say, going back to, to Misfit Toys, it's like it is a bit different because I suppose it is quite humorous in a certain way, and people seem to take great offence to anything remotely. And some go on my Facebook going how ugly the video was and how you know utterly hideous the video was, and I hope the rest of the album isn't. I don't want to even give this guy plaudits. It's like, dude, you know, chill out. Yeah, just it's having, so the, just it's having just a laugh music. at something, man. Like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man, chill out. Yeah, you like <laughs> gross, in, yeah. gross sense of humour. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's a lot of things on the album where I'm kind of just, um, yeah, experimenting with different things. The Glockenspiel, I, I love, I love like a to toy music, musical box things. And elsewhere I use a, it's called a preset of this really old plugin I've got called uh, Hypersonic. I'm very good friends with the guy, Artist Relations at Steinberg. And I said to this guy, I said, you know, I, I'm, I can't get Hypersonic to run and I'm really upset because I switched operating systems and I can't get it to run. And he just because he's German, he laughed and he said something like, that belongs in the science museum. I'm like, yeah, but you've never created anything quite as good as that at Steinberg. So, I, I, yeah, he got his development team to help me figure out why, how we get it get it to work on, on a wrapper. Not a There's no log like analog. Right? No, exactly that. So, uh, I, I um, yeah, and I've got this thing called Gangster Wine. You used to hear it on the early nights, like this. I use I, I I love that sound. So I, I I think John Beck got me into that sound. So I kind of used it on a few places on this record. I just love it, man. I'm a, I'm a frustrated keyboard player. I think. What can I tell right. you? Speaking of John Beck, very quickly, any chance of an It Bites album, and then we'll talk about the gig and ready. Well, okay. Um, we have to make an album. Uh, we signed a contract. We took some money, <laughs> so we don't make an album. <laughs> He we're said, gonna, like Walter the Grumpy Man. Yeah, we love that news, man. We're going to go to prison if we don't make an album. 
Well, good. Fantastic uh, news. So, we, yeah, we're excited. Good. We want to hear it. Make it happen. Okay, 20, 26th of August, you are doing a gig at uh, the uh, a venue in Reading. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, I, I kind of realized actually I've, I've led people and they shouldn't complain. They're not getting charged for it. It's just a gig, but it's not it's not going to be full band. It's going to be me and a keys player and maybe a, a bass player as well. So it's like a, a trio thing. And I'm just going to be playing like four or five songs off the new record. And then we're going to play a bunch of the old stuff like um, How Bright Is The Sun and, and, and maybe Oubliette and things off the off the first three records. Just be a fun evening, you know. Um, we're we're Very also cool. playing, we're planning on doing something the day before up in London, just like a playback session in, in, in the, in the every, every man cinema. I think we've just only confirmed that today. Nothing like lastminute.com, right? So yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, means I'm going to have to practice the guitar, unfortunately, um, which I, <laughs> I, apparently I have to do because apparently there's a tour coming up in October anyway. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good, man. Well, this is all exciting. Excited for that gig and, and the album coming out and hopefully some tour dates with, well, you got the Frost stuff and then and then some Lonely Robot stuff happening. So all good, man. Yeah. Really exciting. Um, again, we'll wrap up, but we got a, a Model Life comes out August 26th. The great John Mitchell and Lonely Robot. And um, look out for the, uh, the, the follow-up album, Scruffy Cat Ball Bags, which I think is... <laughs> <laughs> just something i'm gonna remember forever <laughs> oh yeah i think there's a lesson in there always for, for, for all of us really isn't there you know um, always right to a title yeah always right to a title all right man okay. take it easy have a good night man love to speak lovely to speak to you both and we'll speak speak again soon hopefully thank Absolutely. you john great right, speaking man. to you man okay bye. you too bye-bye guys bye bye Thanks to John for the interview. Don't forget the new Lonely Robot album comes out on August 25th. It's called A Model Life. We're going to close with the opening track and first single from the album, Recalibrating. You can check us out on progreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Podbean, Spotify. And follow us on YouTube. See you again soon. Bye.